0: Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are discussing Diahandia Verletz. This, as I mentioned before, is a kind of a landmark episode in terms of the production staff on the series. John Bartley, Glenn Morgan, and James Wong all knew each other from working on previous series, specifically with the Stephen Cannell Company. Now, Stephen J. Cannell is well known for doing a lot of great series he did the Rockford Files, he's a published mystery writer, so he did a lot of detective and police shows. And those three worked long and hard to convince Kim Manners to come over as a director on the X-Files. And they succeeded, and this may have been about the last chance they had. This is not only Kim Manners' first episode, and he directed a lot of episodes in the end, about a quarter of the entire series. It was also the last episode that Glenn Morgan and James Wan worked on before they left for their own Space Above and Beyond series that ran in the same year as the third season of The X-Files. So they wrote this one, and this is the last one they're going to be writing for a while. Now, this originally aired on January 27th, 1995. The IMDb user score has it at 8.1 out of 10, which, again, is tied for the second place in the season. Now, there are a number of notable things here. One of the things that struck me first, was that this episode aired in January 1995, and there's an explicit reference to Scully researching things on the Internet. That's actually pretty early. This was before Microsoft even released Internet Explorer. Or, actually, more precisely, this was before Microsoft bought Spyglass Entertainment Explorer rebranded as Internet Explorer and kept the version number, which is why Internet Explorer started at 3.0 and not 1.0 or 2.0. They realized they were a little behind the eight ball in terms of Netscape and wanted to catch up fast, so they just acquired. And this episode shows a great attention to detail. It is basically, you know, a satanic cult story. So the parent advisory council at a local school, as we learn in the teaser, is formed by a few Satanists. But We see they're kind of lapse. They're kind of complaining about, you know, doing their rituals and their prayers. The game is on, but they do it because they've been letting it slip. It's very effectively shot where the actual ceremony that produces the light and the weird effects is done from the other side of a closed door, and the camera's just slowly pulling back with bright lights around it. The introduction of Kim Manners as a director really stands out. Watching the series in order this time, I appreciate it in ways I didn't appreciate it the first time. As I mentioned before, I was kind of hit and miss watching this. In the original run during the second season, I didn't actually catch this particular episode until well, probably the main series is well into season four or five. Watching them in sequence, I can see why Kim Manners had just as much impact as David Nunder did, and why he ended up being asked to direct so many episodes. It really does feel like a turning point in terms of the production style. In here, though, we're not just dealing with a straight-up set of Satanists. What we're actually seeing is that, yeah, they're not really serious about it, and they appear to have angered those spirits that they were worshipping. And somebody else shows up to clean up the mess. And they start killing students and really taking the town apart. Now, on top of the production staff, we also have some notable guest stars again. The two that are probably the most recognizable are Dan Butler, who, he was in Silence of the Lambs. He was in Enemy of the State. He's probably best known for his role as Bulldog Briscoe in 53 episodes of Frasier. There's also Larry Mooser, who's not necessarily known by name, but gets a lot of the, oh, that guy, kind of recognition. He was in Jeremiah, Twilight Zone, Andromeda, several episodes of The Outer Limits. So his is definitely a recognizable face. And it's actually the first of four episodes that he's going to appear in for The X-Files. We also have Susan Bloemerit as the substitute teacher, who in truth is the demon. That sent up, although that's not completely clear right away, nor is her level of involvement in this. But she's done Murder, She Wrote, she's done Mad About You, Murphy Brown. Again, another accomplished career, even if she wasn't really a standout name. So the X-Files does have a long history of bringing in quality guest stars to the series, and that's being established and continued right here. Uh, Blomert is probably best known for playing Judge Rebecca Steinman on three different Law & Order series. Now, One of the guest stars that stands out to me is Sean Johnston. He plays the school counselor and one of the Satanists. Now, he hasn't had a lot of terribly high-profile projects. He guest starred in the same episode of Outer Limits as Alyssa Milano, as well as two others later. He was in nine episodes of Traitors. He was in MythQuest, Smallville. So not really one that a lot of people know by name or by face. Uh, he stands out to me because he's one of the few people that I've actually met. So we were both born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where I still live. I ran into him at a public function. He seemed like a great guy, very willing to take a few minutes, even though that wasn't why he was there in any way, shape, or form, to talk to someone who was basically geeking out and recognized him from X-Files and other places. So yeah, that stands out to me. He seems like a very nice, down-to-earth kind of guy. Generally speaking, the episode is very effectively done. There's a lot of attention to detail in the And that comes right down to the inclusion of some character moments that aren't really typical of Morgan and Wong's scripts. It's not that they don't see a lot of characters, but it's little things like they come in, they want to talk to someone. The person they want to talk to is a high school student, so while we would normally expect that to cut away, the students who just get up and walk out. No, instead, the guy goes charging for the window and Muller has to go chasing after him and catches him by the heels. And there's a number of little moments like that that really show depth of character, on the same budget very quickly. and It makes me wonder how much was scripted and how much was Kim Manners already coming in going, no, we should do this, we should do this, and starting to put his mark on the series. If you look closely, you'll also notice that when David Duchovny, as Mulder, comes up to a water fountain to take a drink, he kind of flinches back when he first hits the control before bending down to take a drink of water. Now most people bend down right away. If you watch the gag reels that come out On the DVDs and the blooper reels, you'll see that the first few takes, he was going down right away in a very natural manner. But they had this problem where they kept overpowering the water fountain, so it just kept blasting him in the face. So I find it amusing that by the time they finally got it working so that they could actually do the scene and take the shot, Duchovny was almost reflexively flinching from this thing. There's other nice touches later, including when a girl named Shannon is talking about repressed memories coming forward, that she remembers as being sexual abuse, and other things. It doesn't quite pan out that way. But during one moment, she talks about being out of her body like she wasn't really there. And if you watch the way the production is shot, that speech is happening when the camera passes behind Scully. So Scully's back is completely filling the screen. The girl's not really there on screen when she's giving the speech but her not really being there. I'm talking about how odd it is. They kept the depth of focus where the girl was. So not only is Scully's back obscuring the screen, Scully's back is out of focus the entire time. And just as the speech times to when she's going back to what she remembers experiencing in terms of her real-world memories, that's when she comes back in a frame behind Scully. So a lot of very nice production touches along those lines here. We get some pretty good use of the search and rescue flashlights, a number of other tricks to get some strong lighting particularly in the scene in the woods early on when the teenagers are going out for their fake rituals so the guys are apparently hoping to scare the pants off these girls in a very literal sense. So we've got is a very entertaining episode that marks, as I said, the introduction of Kim Manners as a very frequent director and the initial departure of Morgan and Wong. We will come back and discuss Morgan and Wong a little bit later, but most of their X-Files work at this stage is behind them. So please join us again in two weeks' time when we discuss Fresh Bones. Thank you. Intro and outro music is Outside Poolside by Laswell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content copyright 2015, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments or feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening.